This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, yesterday afternoon, I got a, uh, a message, an email, Jim. said my car was ready for pickup at the terminal down in, uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> what? I had rented a car. I was supposed to be on a family vacation this week. We were supposed to be down in Florida going to my parents' place down there. Mm-hmm. But because of the uncertainty of travel and, uh, you know, having to get the kids tested and just all this COVID nonsense, we decided to cancel the trip, but I forgot to cancel the car. Damn. <laughs> so that's going to set you back uh, a couple hundred or? I, I don't know. It was still an hour away from pickup time. So I don't know. As soon as I got the email, I went online and canceled. So I don't know if I'll let you know if I get charged for it. But, uh, yeah, we got to the point where we started talking. We're like, ah, the airlines have friends who work in that industry. They're like, a lot of people are getting sick. A lot of flights are getting canceled. I don't know if you want to get stuck down there. So uh, we started talking about driving to Florida with the kids in the backseat, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, boy. Ultimately decided against that. And thank God we did because did you see what happened on the I-95 down in the U.S. yesterday? Yeah, yeah. A storm blows through. And people were stuck in their cars on the I-95 near Virginia for about 24 hours. Here's Josh Lederman, who works at NBC News. He was one of the people stuck in the traffic jam. And it doesn't sound like he was having a great time out there. 7.15 with several delays. You know, it was looking pretty bad on the roads. And by 7.30, we were just at a standstill. Nobody knows how long we're going to be here or how we are going to get out. So people started turning their cars off because, frankly, people wanted to conserve gas. They didn't know how long they'd be able to stay warm. This is scary. You don't plan for a situation like this. So stuck on the I-95 for 24 hours. To that, I say, hold my beer. What? Hold my beer, Americans. Remember 10 years ago, 2010, December, in Sarnia, Ontario, there was like a flash snowstorm and people were stuck in their cars for like three days. Mm, Yeah, yeah. I guess in Virginia, you wouldn't expect it, but yeah, it's amateur hour down there. Well, anywhere in the developed world, you'd think that something like that wouldn't happen. But I can remember being on the radio back in 2010 and people started calling, hey, we're stuck out here on the road. Can you play this song? And it was kind of you know, fun at first. And then the next day we came in, hey, we're still stuck in our car. They're telling us not to get out of the car because you can't see where you're going. People were getting rescued on the back of snowmobiles. and Oh, like their family would come pick them up or something? Well, no, farmers in the area. Wow. Do you not remember this, Jim? This no, was, I don't remember this the was huge back in the day. Yeah, I don't remember who picked them up on snowmobiles, but I kind of remember it happening. There were 600 people stuck near Sarnia on the 402 in their cars for three to four days. <laughs> See, like in Virginia, you go, okay, they must not have a fleet of uh, snowplows snow or something like that. But yeah, if it happens in Sarnia, you know it must have been real bad. Yeah, around uh, you know around th- these parts, you, you'd think we'd have the resources to get people off of the highway, but man, it was insane. It, it didn't happen that way. Especially when you're like me and you perpetually drive around with less than a quarter tank. You know, and you got to start right. really thinking well, about ga- how much time you with have. With gas prices now, I went to the gas station the other day and I'm like, I'm not paying a buck 60 for premium. I'm going to wait a couple weeks, right? So you only mm-hmm. put in the minimum amount. 
Just be aware of that if you're heading out on the highway. Top her up. Flash storm rolls in. Uh, kudos to everyone who helped out with that. Back in uh, in the Sarnia area there, you had people opening up their homes and letting strangers from the highway <laughs> sleep over, giving them food, giving them, giving them shelter, mm-hmm. and having a bit of a party for a couple days in some scenarios. It was, yeah, what a what a crazy memory that is. December 2010. The 402 flash storm that had everyone stranded on the highway. Uh, Jim, I've got an article here mm-hmm. for you, okay? Okay. This is from the New York Post. Hey, remember a couple years ago you decided to try and take up skateboarding in your adult life? Uh-huh. And what happened? I dislocated my shoulder after 40 seconds. No, four seconds on a skateboard. <laughs> Literally. 40 seconds is being generous. would have been an epic ride. <laughs> I, I said, what are you doing? That's a crazy idea, but it may not be that crazy. According to the New York Post, headline is, if you're having a midlife crisis, you should start skateboarding. So hmm. you were on to something here. Okay. There's new research, according to this article, recommends skateboarding for Gen Xers in their 40s and 50s who are struggling with depression, battling substance abuse, or just want to boost their mood. Something, yeah, yeah. I mean, your mood is boosted until you hurt yourself. <laughs> you know, um, I, 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 anybody who enjoys skateboarding and like can take it up and do it. God bless you if you're going to do it. I would start with biking, and if you're still depressed, then move up to maybe skiing, and then as a last resort, do skateboarding because it's got to be the hardest to master. Ease into it. Yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes just getting out of the house and doing something fun, something kind of dangerous is is enough. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go all the way to skateboarding. Brisk walking. Because would, yeah. might be a good first option. Because the only good thing about skateboarding, like long boards are cool if you want to go like down the road. But, you know, the coolest thing about skateboarding is the the, the park. Doing so, tricks. Yeah. So Ollies, kick flips. Which at to try to pick up at the age 35, 40, oh boy. Like even going, have you ever tried to go down a half pipe on a skateboard? Terrifying. I tried it once, never again. I did it, I did it in my teens, and I was scared. I like in my forties. There's no chance I'm going to mm-hmm. try that ever. Yeah, I think I did it when I was 13 at my cousin's place, and I uh, said that's enough of that. Skateboarding can bring on spiritual meaning by providing self-expression, which is something that often takes a back seat for adults and parents. Skateboarding, the failure's part of it, Jim. Falling and getting back up helps adults loosen up and enjoy the ride. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, depends how hard you fall. (laughs) You got back up, but then you had to go to the hospital and have your arm popped back in, right? Yeah, I did. And then I put my skateboard on Kijiji and nobody's even given me an offer yet. So I don't like it's it's a double loss here. Oh, this is what I'm, I'm trying to help you with your Kijiji ad. (laughs) <laughs> try, yeah, hey, try, try to get hey, some cool guys. 50 year old dude to buy your <laughs> skateboard on Kijiji Jim. 150 bucks, it's yours. <laughs> uh, yes, each year there's around 50,000 emergency room visits and 1,500 <laughs> hospitalizations in the United States from skateboarding related injuries. About one third of those are first time skaters, but boy, you'll feel alive on your way down. <laughs> you may have seen this story online past couple days, and I checked it out on Global News. A uh, Seattle Kraken fan was sitting behind the Vancouver Canucks bench at a game and noticed that the equipment manager for the Canucks had a mole that looked like it could be cancerous on his neck. 
wrote a message on her phone, held it up to the glass, and was like, dude, you got to get that mole checked out. Wow. Uh, the, the guy, Brian Hamilton is his name, went and had his doctor look at it. It was a cancerous mole. It's been removed. And he owes it to this, this lady who is a medical student sitting in the crowd who, even though he was on the opposing team's bench... <laughs> Went up there and alerted him to the problem. Now, to repay her, um, the uh, the Canucks gave a $10,000 um, reward to her to go towards her medical school training. Pretty cool. Sweet. Here's the moment where the two of them met for the first time. When you showed me your phone, I also <laughs> said today I felt terrible because I was kind of like, okay. I like, thought you already knew about no, it. No, I didn't. And I was like, oh, no, so, he didn't want me to bring it up. <laughs> so I was like, it was your effort. And your persistence and your, the way you wrote it on your phone, I told Jess, like, I owe it to this person to, to get checked. Like, if she went this far, I need to get this checked. Pretty cool story, but Jim, you know me, right? What's uh, hypochondria? Bit of a hypochondriac. So now I'm wondering if this guy's got a mole and he needed to get checked out, didn't know about it. What do I got on my body that I should get <laughs> lobbed off? A couple of Hans Mole Mans back there or what? <laughs> I know I got a couple. I know. What makes a mole concerning? Well, that's why we have asked Dr. Brenna Kasher to join us. She is a family doctor with a focus on dermatology. Dr. Kasher, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. This is an important topic. Okay. What, uh, what are we looking for? When it comes to moles, what should make us concerned? Yeah, definitely. So the most important thing is that you're taking a look at your skin regularly and noticing any changes. And so if you can't have a look at it, have someone else do it for you. Family, friend, your family doctor, somebody. Um, If there's something you're worried about, take a picture of it and then bring it into your next appointment so that whoever it is that's taking care of you knows what what it is that you're looking at. And then in general, when we talk about the most kind of concerning type of skin cancer, we're worried about melanoma, which was the case in the article. So there's an easy mnemonic that we use to help us decide if a mole is concerning or not. Um, And it's really easy to remember. It's the A, B, C, D, E's of melanoma. So we'll go through them. A is for asymmetry. So whether both sides look the same, um, whether it's uniform, and then B is for borders. Well, which so is the bad one? Do we, is it better for it to be perfectly symmetrical uh, or? Yeah, so it's the more symmetrical, the more clearly defined, the better it is. So okay. if it's asymmetrical, that's a bad thing. B is for borders. So if it has an irregular border um, or if you're not quite sure where the borders are, that's a bad thing. Um, C is for color. So the more different colors that it has, the more likely it is to be something that's not great. And especially we're looking for areas that have blue or black on it. So anything that's black or blue, um, you definitely want to get checked out. D is for diameter. So we're looking at something that is six millimeters or more makes us a little bit more worried. Mm -hmm. And then E is for evolution or elevation or evolving. So how is it changing? Which is why it's really important to have a look at your skin regularly. Uh, should we be uh, Google imaging this kind of stuff and freaking out instantly? or Downloading an app? <laughs> In general, I don't recommend freaking out instantly about 
most things. Um, but if you're worried, it's always a good idea to get it checked out. So if, do you have to go to your, your, your family doctor or something like that? Or are there specialists that you can just book an appointment and go in? And if you have a concern, they will look at it right Like away. a walk-in clinic or yeah. something. Yeah. So walk-in clinics are usually run by family doctors. And so if you can't get in to see your own, then definitely checking out a walk-in clinic and they can refer you if they're worried. And as soon... As you notice something, you should go in because I'm, I'm assuming time is of the essence with uh, with skin cancer. Yeah. So if you're looking at something that's you know larger than six millimeters that has a couple colors, if there's anything dark, absolutely you want to get it checked out as soon as possible. If it's small, if it's the same color all the way through, if it hasn't changed in a while, I think it's okay. You know, you don't have to call and rush in. But in general, it's a good idea to have somebody who knows what they're looking for take a look at it. Now, Dr. Kasher, have you ever been out in public and noticed a weird mole on a stranger and, and alerted them to it? I actually have. Really? I've done it for a few friends as well. Yeah, when you get used to looking at skin, you kind of see it everywhere. Were the people appreciative or were they like, hey, lady, <laughs> mind your own business. I'm trying to enjoy a pool here. <laughs> Mostly appreciative. Yeah, I would be. I, I've actually, I'm going to take about 20 different pictures of 20 different moles. I'll send them your way today. Let me know what you think. Good. <laughs> Jim, yesterday you were talking about your favorite, your favorite Christmas present that you received. It's a, like a coffee maker deal. Uh, an espresso, yeah, that's what they call it. A new appliance for the kitchen. Uh-huh. And you also mentioned that uh, you didn't want to talk about it too much because you, you're sick of people telling you about air fryers and you don't want to be like an air fryer annoying guy saying, oh, the Nespresso's the best coffee maker. Yeah, people bring it up. You know, it's like if you own a Tesla. People always want to let you know they have a Tesla and they talk about Teslas or air fryers, you whatever it is. You don't have an air fryer. I do not. I don't think so, no. You need to get one. I'll be that guy. Oh, I'll be that guy. <laughs> I saw this article, and I, I just got to tell you, another great feature of air fryers. Oh. Okay. Headline is, what is the best food to eat as leftovers? And you know I'm a leftover fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think it's... A turkey, maybe? Oh. Pizza? Pizza, yeah, I thought, yeah, okay, I thought okay. would be the obvious. But no, pizza was in second place. Number one, uh, soup. <laughs> leftover soup. Leftover I don't know if soup. I've ever had leftover soup. Soup and stew. Soup and stew. I mean, it is easy, an easy process to reheat it and they reheat it, I'm sure. Well, here's where the air fryer comes in. Don't dump soup into the air fryer. But we've been throwing like slices of leftover pizza in the air fryer takes like four or five minutes that thing crisps up you know when you put it in the microwave and if you don't eat it fast enough the dough gets all hard yeah it gets like soggy and tough when you put yeah when you put bread in the microwave doesn't happen in the air fryer because i have reheated um pizza after like for leftovers in the oven but it's such a waste of energy but it takes a long time better and uh and another thing the air fryer is great for this is low on the list french fries did not farewell in this survey they don't do well they don't last well leftover french fries are always too soggy unless don't tell me you've got an air fryer <laughs> <laughs> maybe i can shove a couple in the, N- the nespresso and see how they come out fresh brewed fries <laughs> and a judge has dropped the nirvana nevermind kids lawsuit 
Remember this one? Yeah, as a joke to begin the, with. The the little naked baby on the cover of the Nirvana album Nevermind grew up. His name is Spencer, and he uh, he filed a lawsuit. He sued Kurt Cobain's estate, his widow Courtney Love. And the record label, the art director, the producer looking for some money because he says he was exploited as a baby. He was too young to consent to being on the cover of that album. It's everywhere. And uh, and a judge dropped the lawsuit, not for any reason other than it was a technicality. The defendants in the case filed a motion to dismiss his kid, Spencer, kid, he's an adult now, Eldon had uh, until December 30th, his last name's Eldon, Spencer Eldon, to respond. He didn't respond, so it was dropped, but he has until the 13th of January to refile the lawsuit. Yeah, I think he's SOL in general. I know that technicality pretty much is going to dismiss the case, but I don't think he would have won the lawsuit. Anyway, I mean, he's talking about consenting to the pictures being taken, but his parents signed him up for it, so sue your parents, man. And I love Dave Grohl's line when he was asked about this lawsuit. He said, well, this kid has a nevermind tattoo across his chest. I'm Dave Grohl. I don't have a nevermind tattoo. <laughs> he's got a lot of tattoos. <laughs> I was in the band. I don't have a tattoo. This is, this is the nevermind baby, Spencer Eldon, an interview from 2019 talking about what he's gone through being on the cover of that classic album. Definitely going to take a line, but um, I don't know, man. It, it, it's kind of ups and downs. It's just something that happened to me. It's not necessarily something that I did. So it'd be cool to somehow carwheel that into something cool that I can do, make it work for me in a, in a cool way, but still just still working on all those things. It's pretty, pretty wild being part of a, such a successful project and being the kind of poster child of that. Uh, hey, you know, it happened. It, it's kind of a cool story to tell. It's interesting. And other than that, um, people can always go send me a direct message. And if they want a poster, they can... I'll send him a link to my PayPal, and then I can send him a signed poster. <laughs> Why would you ever get the poster signed by the baby? Yeah, he, he's traumatized. He's traumatized that he didn't consent to being on the cover of that album naked as a child. But if you send him some cash to his PayPal account, he will send you a signed poster. <laughs> yeah, he will re-traumatize himself, look at the poster, yeah, sign it. For the right it. price. <laughs> Update here on our girl. Remember the uh, the influencer who was selling her farts in a jar we told you about a couple weeks ago? Hey guys, today I'm going to be showing you a day in the life of a girl who sells her farts in a jar. So I like to get things rolling with some beans, a protein muffin, sometimes even a yogurt, less sugar is better, some hard-boiled eggs, and today I decided I was going to make myself a protein shake with some yogurt added to it, and oh, I was feeling it for sure. Yeah. She was feeling it for sure, uh, but unfortunately, she's had to retire. Already? Yeah. This was like three months ago. Ended up in the hospital thinking she was having a heart attack. Uh, doctor diagnosed her with intense gas pains. Well, yeah, did you hear what she was eating? <laughs> so this was like... This job was bad for her health? Uh-huh. Too much protein. Pushing it. She got greedy. Instead of letting them form naturally, she was trying to she was trying to cultivate the farts. <laughs> right? 
Yeah, yeah. No free rides in nature. You can't just keep pushing it, you know? Well, if you keep pushing it, you might have a... <laughs> Pay a extra for that one. Big mess to clean up. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was in the hospital, a pinching sensation around her heart, found it hard to breathe. Um, she was worried that she was dying. Doctor said, lay off the, uh, the, the protein. You're eating way too much. It's causing you gastric issues. I can relate. I've been there. You ever think that you're having major health issues and then you you cut one and you feel way better? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I'm not dying. Oh, oh, I don't know what's wrong. Oh, okay. Fine. <laughs> Ready to tackle the day now. <laughs> yeah, you almost have to give yourself the Heimlich maneuver to get it out. Lean on the edge of a table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is she going to do now? Because this was a great source of income for her. She was selling those farts in a jar online, and she made over $200,000 doing it. My God. She says she's going to be investing in cryptocurrency. <laughs> the next get-rich-quick scheme. Uh-huh. Huh. And she's working on digital fart jar artwork. Is that what the F and NFT stands for? <laughs> Flatulence, I believe it is. Some, some true NFTs there. Quote, I think my family is relieved about my retirement, <laughs> and honestly, so is my colon. I want to see a peacock. It's time for sports. Devin Peacock, our sports guy from Global News Radio, is with us. And Dev... A lot of people just liked calling them the Washington football team, but it looks like uh, that organization has a big announcement coming up in February. I am one of those uh, people. I, I like the Washington football team as a name. At first, it sounded weird, uh, but now I kind of like it, and I almost wonder if there's a hint in what the team might be. Because Washington is going to announce that new name February the 2nd. Now, February the 2nd is Groundhog Day. So is that a hint that maybe Washington football team is going to be the name because it's going to continue on and on and on? It is still <laughs> on the list of names that is potentially out there. Uh, the, uh, the movie Groundhog Day. For a second, I thought you were going to suggest that they're going to call the team the Groundhogs. Or the Hogs. <laughs> you know, what I kind of like the groundhogs as a name. I mean, not the most ferocious of of animals, but um, well, didn't Puxatani Phil bite the mayor in the nose or something a couple years ago? I'd say they're pretty fierce. <laughs> well, I mean, you get you get in a groundhog's grill, he's gonna bite you. He can predict the weather. Pretty impressive. <laughs> What's the short so these, list of names? Here's the yeah. Here's the list. It's commanders, admirals, armada, brigade, sentinels, defenders. Red Hogs, Presidents, and Washington football team are the finalists. The two team, the two team names that they have crossed off the list are Wolves and Red Wolves. Okay. <laughs> Those are all terrible. I saw online that uh, Washington Admirals is the front runner here because there was a WashingtonAdmirals.com URL. People were clicking on that yesterday, and it was taking you to the Washington football team official website. So they may have screwed up and already revealed what the team name is. Admirals could be it. Well, Washington, uh, the football team, is known to be one of the most uh, sophisticated football teams, as you can see by their product on the field. So if they were to screw up on the, <laughs> the name side, that would be a complete surprise. 
2-2-22, Groundhog Day. We'll find out for sure what is the new name or continuing name of the Washington football team. Thanks, Dev. And there's a lot of mechanical aspects to this job. Fortunately, we got people who know what they're doing around here. Shout out to our engineering team, specifically Steve Spruill, who I think is mad at me this morning. Why? Why? (laughs) I wonder why. Okay. We got in here. You know, we're we're here around uh, the quarter to five. And coming to the studio, I noticed we've got a new phone system that is being installed. So obviously they're doing some work on the phone system yesterday while, uh, while we weren't around. Um, I go to bring the phone up on the console. I don't hear a dial tone. Something's wrong. The phone's not working. And as you know, if you listen to the Taz and Jim program, phone's a big part of what we do here. We love interacting with our listeners. <laughs> So I start freaking out. I'm like, oh, we can't do our games. We can't have our guests on today. Uh, The phone isn't working. They've obviously screwed it up, right? Well, it happened the day after they made a change. So yeah, Yeah, you would assume. The phone's not working. It's obviously something went wrong when they were installing this new phone system. So we we use our cell phones and we call Steve, wake him up at like 530 in the morning. And I'm a little bit frustrated. Uh... I don't think I said anything too bad, Jim. Not on the phone. <laughs> All right, why isn't this phone working? Anyways, turns out after uh, about 20 minutes of, of troubleshooting and conversation that the receiver wasn't hung up all the way. <laughs> the receiver on the phone. Weird you picked it up two or three times. I know. Back it, down. it just gets caught on this little thing here. You saw I was trying. Um, but we figured it out. Uh, Steve hopefully is going to be able to leave work early yeah, today. Yeah, because be- he still rolled in. Yeah, because he was here probably an hour or two before he usually gets here. Thanks to our incompetence. Sorry, Steve, um, but boy, you must feel important. (laughs) (laughs) This place would fall apart without you, Mm -hmm. pal, literally. Speaking of phones that aren't working, this is an end of an era here. Classic BlackBerry phones as of yesterday have stopped working. Yeah, yeah. The company, uh, BlackBerry itself, will stop running support for its classic devices. So that's BlackBerry 10. 7.1 7.1 OS and earlier, basically all the ones that have the built-in keyboard in them yeah. are not going to be working. So, uh, th- People's all- parents and drug dealers are going to be furious <laughs> about this. Thank God for WhatsApp or these drug dealers. <laughs> they would be was, SOL. That was the thing with BlackBerry. It was more secure, right? Well, I think that's the reason why a lot of politicians, I think Barack Obama famously had one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and you didn't want to update and you didn't want to change. You wanted to keep your classic BlackBerry phone. Well, guess what? Can't make phone calls with it anymore. Shame. Still give you street cred, though. You still carry it around. Mm Mm-hmm. Put it on that little, uh, nothing looked cooler back in the day than having your BlackBerry on your belt clip. Oh, that's an important person right there. Yeah. (laughs) They can't even put it in their pocket. They need the phone that quickly. They got the BlackBerry clip to the belt. (laughs) Big deal status. I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, your peacock, cock.
Time for sports. Devin Peacock is joining us from Global News Radio. And obviously with what happened, uh, the cancellation of the World Juniors Hockey Tournament, Dev, everyone's concerned about the Olympics, especially seeing hockey at the Olympics. And you've got a story uh, of some names leaking. It looks like this is going ahead and we may know some of the players who are going to be on Team Canada. Yeah, NHL players, of course, not going to the Olympics, but the Olympics does start in about a month. So time is of the essence here if we're going to be putting together a team. Some of the names that are starting to leak for consideration, this is not a, the full list, and it could change, of course, but some of the names for consideration are interesting. The most interesting to me is Owen Power, who was the first overall pick in the NHL draft that we just had. He was selected by Buffalo. He's not in the NHL this year. He went back to college and he was just with Canada at the World Juniors and was an absolute beast. So for me to see Owen Power potentially at the Olympics would be kind of neat. Some of the other names on the list for consideration include Cole Perfetti, another guy who was at the World Juniors, recently drafted into the NHL, a former NHLer in Cody Franson, former NHLer in Eric Stahl, uh, Devin Dubnik in goal. So there are some names that people might be familiar with, but it's really, you know, it's it's kind of a ragtag uh, group of guys that we could see here at the Olympics. Why not just send the whole world junior team that didn't get to go to the give juniors? Give them another shot them at a, a shot, gold. But, I mean, why not give the young guys a shot? Is that possible? Honestly, I, I actually thought about that myself uh, last night when I first saw that Owen Power was on the list of uh, names going to uh, the Olympics. Uh, you know, it's hard to say because as good as we are at the World Junior side of things, you are going to be playing against uh, pros. And even if they're not, you know, the the NHL pros, you know, from uh, Sweden and Finland and Russia, these guys are still pros anyway. So I think we might have had a uphill battle in that sense. But, you know, I wouldn't count Canada out because we are uh, Canada and we are uh, great at hockey. Yeah, pretty good at hockey. Those other countries, they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those big Russians. You know how the Russians train for this stuff, right? They've got all the state-of-the-art equipment. and If by that you mean steroids, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to pull logs and tractors through snowy fields, you know. it's uh, Flipping it, tires, old it, school. Yeah, lifting logs in the barn. That's how we train. <laughs> We're not like those fancy <laughs> Russians with their technology. Well, you do need to watch out for the Russians, though, because, I mean, while we they won't have Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin and the like, they do have the KHL at their disposal, and there are some pretty good players in the KHL that I would imagine are going to wind up at the Olympics. We just want to see a hockey tournament that doesn't get canceled after the first three or four mm -hmm. games. Thanks, Dev. Yeah, feeling for everybody in the hospitality industry, the gyms, you know, anyone who's affected by the latest lockdown here in Ontario. Uh, yesterday was the last day that indoor dining was a thing for three weeks um, in the province. And it was kind of fun to see bars doing like empty the keg 
days yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, there was sales. I saw a couple of places advertising, like, we got some beer that's going to go bad. Yeah, yeah. If you guys don't come in and drink it today. <laughs> so they were they were selling it, you know, $5 a pint or whatever, maybe cheaper, mm-hmm. trying to get uh, those kegs empty because that's been a big issue with restaurants getting shut down, opening up, shutting down again. They've They've lost a lot of inventory. That once the restaurant closes, they just can't use, right? They can't yeah. go through it. Crack open a fancy craft beer keg. Two days yeah. later, it's done. Uh, I, I actually know a couple of buddies who were going to do dry January, but they're like, well, I got to go help out with this. I got to support local. You can't be selfish. <laughs> it's not about me right now. I'll help empty the keg and then I'll start dry January. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's annoying. We know. Just be kind to the people working at these establishments. If you got gift cards, remember, there's still takeout options and you can still support uh, support your local restaurants by ordering online. Do what you can for the next couple weeks. LCBOs are still open if you're looking to get some alcoholic beverages. Although there's one in London that... <laughs> there's two in London. What? That are uh, doing a little cleanup here. London man arrested after $20,000 in damage caused at two LCBOs. 20000 Yeah. Holy. This is back on December 27th. A London uh, man, according to police, went into an LCBO in South London, used an axe to smash $20,000 worth of bottles inside the store. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> An axe. Here's Johnny Walker. <laughs> and then he went to uh, another LCBO, smashed some windows with a metal pipe, started threatening staff members, was finally, uh, police caught up with him. He was arrested. Now he's facing several charges, including two counts of mischief over 5,000, one count of assault with a weapon, one count of theft under 5,000. Taking dry January a little too far, I'd say. Right. Well, yeah, that was December 27th, so he was trying to... Preemptively. (laughs) (laughs) Shut things down. Yeah, I'll quit next month. I'll quit (laughs) next month. Dry January, but I got a few days left in December here. Let's do it. I got this nice axe for Christmas and got to use it. God, those LCBO employees, it's a a great job. I mean, they get treated well. Uh, they uh, They get paid pretty good, but... They've got to deal with a lot, especially in the past couple of years. You just mm-hmm. keep hearing about people going into LCBOs, grabbing bottles, running out, wreaking havoc. So mm-hmm. I feel, I, I don't know what I'd do if I saw somebody walk into a store I was working at with an ax in their hand. I'd probably leave. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about booze that much. I'm getting in between the two. Yeah, uh, I'm on my break. <laughs> we'll see you when the ax guy's gone. <laughs> you got a question. Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer A question about custody or his neighbor Ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer We have our friend Ian Snedden from Cohen Highly Lawyers on the line with us. If you uh, if you need them not on the radio, you can always get in touch through CohenHighly.com. How are you, Ian? I'm doing well. The new year is promising, I hope, so... I'm encouraged. Fingers crossed. You specialize in family law. I do. Is there a spike? Because I think I've heard that there's a spike in the new year. Like people will get through one last holiday season together and then they'll decide to 
to wrap up their their marriage or their relationship once January rolls around. Is that true? Yeah, there's. Um, I, I don't know what the statistics are. I'm just going from my own personal experience. It's but the post Christmas pre Valentine's Day move. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people stay together for Christmas for the kids if they have kids, um, and then they'll split up afterwards. So. It is a, a common spike period after Christmas. All right. Well, we got you for a, a short amount of time here, but the phone lines are open if you have a question. You want to ask a lawyer, one eight three three taz and jim one eight three three eight two nine six five four six. We got a text message, Jim. This is in the realm of construction. What's the question for Ian? Hi, guys. I'd love to hear Ian's take on the issue of residential builders canceling new build contracts because of the increase in the housing market in order to sell these new builds to someone else at a higher price. This happened to my family in uh, 2021. Wow. So just understand, Jim. So was this something where your family made a deal with a developer? Yeah, so often like you'll buy a plot of land or so, right. talk to the developer and they'll sign a contract or something where they'll build a new build. For uh, X amount of dollars. This could have been three years ago when the house could have cost $600,000, but now that house is worth $900,000. So the builder cancels the contract, maybe pays a small fine, $5,000 or whatever it is, I don't know, if they pay a fine at all. Screws over that family that they had the, the, the deal with and then just sell it to somebody else for more profit. Is there anything you can do about that? Yeah, I mean, you, I'd have to look at the contract, but you mentioned it yourself. You're, um, there was a contract enter, entered into. Depends on the terms of the contract, but based upon what you're telling me, uh, Jim, uh, that sounds strange. It would sound like a breach of contract to me. Um, you know, for example, if I had a, a client and I charge a certain hourly uh, rate, and then I suddenly say, you know what, that's that's not enough. I'm increasing my hourly rate effective today. Um, when I've already contracted with a client to do it on something else, there's going to be a, a breach there. What the remedy is, as far as what money um, might be recuperated, uh, recovered, I... I um, I don't know, but that's where where I'd start is looking at the contract itself. Is there a chance, though, the developer could sneak in some sort of clause giving them the uh, permission, basically, to pull a move like that if it benefits them, and somebody might sign it if they're not, uh, you know, the the most litigious person. They may okay, whatever. I don't really understand what that means, but I'm sure it's on the up and up. They sign the thing, and then the the developer has the out, and they are able to do that without any ramifications. Yeah, and that's a risk because uh, uh, there is a there's an illegal expression that people probably are familiar with: uh, "Buyer beware." So if you don't write the or if you don't ask the right questions, and you end up with uh, a money pit of a house, then. Uh, it may be on you if you didn't get a building inspector in, if you uh, didn't do your due diligence or ask the right questions. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm uh, guessing a lot of builders did it when the price of wood went up. They realized their overhead wasn't there. Well, I, I've heard this. I've heard that you used to do the set price thing, and I, I know some home builders now who have put it in there if the price of... Uh, materials goes up X, then the price of this house will go up as well because, yeah, they're planning years in advance, right, to build these things. And we've seen the spike over the past couple of years has been massive in material costs. Right. And and the builder may be in a position where the builder is losing money because, for example, the price of wood, I don't know what it's at today. It's not something I follow. But yeah, you know what I say to him? Buyers beware. 
You yeah. signed the contract too, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the resort that, uh, you know, whether it's Jim's parents or somebody else, they'll, they'll have to look to is the contract itself and uh, can get some... Um, it doesn't hurt when you're making that. a yeah when you're making a big purchase, Ian. It doesn't hurt to spend a couple hundred bucks to have a, a paralegal review, uh, oh, for sure, a, a document that you're going to sign um, before you actually uh, get, commit yourself to that contract. Right, and then a lot of people get home building inspections, but they should be aware that there are significant limitations on that. Um, on that opinion from the person stating, yep, house looks good. So doing some due diligence on your own is important too. If you got a question you want to ask a lawyer off the air, you can do that very easily. Get in touch with our friends at Cohen Hiley, their website, cohenhiley.com. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.